Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Be sure to visit robertjmorgan.com where you'll find Rob's blog posts, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Whatever happens, value Christ over commas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our study of Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to just dive right in today. I want to pick up where we left off last week. If you missed that episode, go back and give it a listen. Uh, This is a very important paragraph. This is one of the most glorious chapters in Scripture, Philippians chapter 3. And I want to start off here by reviewing and reading the passage that we're going to be studying. So if you have your Bible handy, then turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, and I'll begin here with verse 2. Philippians, the third chapter, and beginning with verse 2. Watch out for those dogs. What an opening sentence this is to a paragraph, but this is the Apostle Paul. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. He said, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, blameless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Well, as we said last week, in today's world, people measure themselves by commas, If they are measuring themselves by their wealth, how many commas are there in the figure that makes up their net worth? In this particular particular paragraph, the Apostle Paul said that before he found Christ, he had measured his life in commas. He said, I was this comma, I was this comma, I was this comma, and he listed his human credentials. But now let's go on to verse number seven, this wonderful verse in which everything is reversed. He said, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Before, met, before Paul met Christ, these were the things that he was proudest of. His self-regard, his self-confidence were based on all of the assets and accomplishments that he had listed earlier. He was proud of his Jewish pedigree and his strict lifestyle and his zealous work ethic and his outward success. But somehow the moment that he met Jesus Christ on that Damascus road, all of the things that had been so valuable to him before now seemed like rubbish, like loss compared to what he had just discovered. Now, notice the word, whatever. He said, whatever were gains to me, 
I now consider loss. That word whatever considers the seven virtues that Paul had just listed earlier in the chapter that we looked at in the last episode, along with everything else in his life. He said, whatever were gains to me. And the word gains here is the same word that Paul used in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, which said, if you'll remember from an earlier episode, to live is Christos or Christ, to die is kerdos or gain. It was a financial term having to do with financial profit. Now, we all like profit. If you get an unexpected bonus at work, or you have a healthy gain on an investment, or you get a huge raise, or maybe you inherit a sum of money, well, you'd get all excited about that. I do too. That is gain and profit. But Paul had changed the way that he thought about what was really valuable. And now he said, I now consider the things that were gains to me as losses. Now, the word consider here indicates that there is a mental process going on in his mind. There is logical thinking. He said, I have now decided, I've thought through this, I've come to some new awareness, to some new realizations. I've begun thinking through things differently. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider losses for the sake of Christ. His point here is so simple. All there is in the world, everything that there is in this world, is worthless compared to knowing Christ. You cannot find a life worth living through commas alone. We cannot accumulate enough good works or enough rituals or enough wealth or enough fame or enough possessions to have a fulfilling life. We cannot acquire enough merit or bank accounts or personal jets or media appearances to really satisfy us. Whatever were gains to us are really losses compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as our Lord. So Paul here is teaching us something while he is attacking the Judaizers. The Judaizers said, if you want to have real life, then you have to know Christ plus keep all of these parts of the Jewish law separated by commas. Paul said, I had all of those commas. They didn't satisfy me. Everything that can be linked together with commas are simply losses compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as our Lord. I wish that I could say things as well as eloquently as Charles Haddon Spurgeon did, that great preacher of the Victorian era in London. God gave him an imagination and a vocabulary that never stopped. And so here is what he wrote about this passage. He said, and this is something that he wrote in his autobiography, Spurgeon said, My Christ is more precious to me than anything my fellow creatures have. I see some who live in palaces, sit on thrones, wear crowns, and feast on dainties. I have heard of Alexanders, Napoleons, and Caesars, but I envy them not, for Christ, more precious to me, he is than all earthly domain. I see others with great riches. 
they are afraid of losing what they have, yet they are groaning after more. They have many cares through their wealth, and they must leave it all one day, but Christ is better than all earthly riches. Shall I give up Christ for gold? No, for Christ is more precious to me than wealth could ever be. He said, Some men have noble minds. They long for knowledge. They toil that they may measure the earth and survey the heavens and read the lore of the ancients, dissolve minerals. But Christ is better to me than learning. Others, he said, pant for fame. I shall be forgotten, save by the few whose steps I have guided in the path to heaven. But I weep not at that, for Christ is more precious to me than fame. He is more precious than anything that I myself have. He said, if I have a home and a fireside, and I feel a comfort in them, yet if I am called to suffer banishment, I have a better home. If I have relatives, mother and father, and faithful friends, these I value, and rightly so. Tis a bitter pang to lose them. But Christ is better than relatives or friends. He is my husband, my brother, the one who loves me. He said, I have health, and that is a precious jewel. Take it away, and pleasures lose their gloss. But my Jesus is mine still, and he is better than health, yes, better than life itself. Spurgeon said, When I consider the glory of his nature, the excellence of his character, the greatness of his offices, the richness of his gifts, surely he is indeed precious. To know that Christ is precious, to feel it in truth, is everything to me. Well, what the Apostle Paul and Charles Spurgeon are saying here was taught by Jesus himself in embryonic form in his parables of the kingdom. He devoted two very brief parables to this in Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, 44, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then... In his joy, he went out and sold everything that he had and bought the field. You know, this very thing has happened many times with the discovery of gold or precious minerals or diamonds beneath the earth. Some years ago, for example, in Zambia, a prospector was out hunting. He shot an antelope, and as he investigated the fallen animal, he saw some classic signs of copper ore in the rock next to where the animal had fallen. He kept the discovery to himself, but he began a, a frantic effort to acquire the land, and it later became one of the largest copper mines in Africa. The man became very, very wealthy because he bought the land on which he had found something very valuable. Jesus used this as an illustration 2,000 years earlier in Matthew chapter 13. He was saying, I am the only true and lasting treasure that you will ever need. I am worth everything else, and it's worth all things to follow me. In the very next verse, Matthew 13, 45, he said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. Well, these parables are self-explanatory. Jesus is worth everything that this world has put together 
and worth far more than that, his surpassing value is transcendent. One of the richest men in the world right now is named Philip Nag of Singapore, who is a billionaire. He recently spoke to Fox News, and this is what he said in the interview. I was always in search for a better life, a better purpose, a better me, a better everything. I was just looking at all of the wrong things. But when I realized that there is no better me or better things without Jesus, it all snapped into place. He said, I treasure my faith in Christ more than anything. So I just wish for everyone to have that same peace and joy I have. It beats a lot of money and it overwhelms the material things that you may have. It's all summed up in an old song that says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. So don't worry about the commas of life, how many you accumulate. It's not the commas that take us to heaven, but the explanation point of Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul put it, whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. That's his testimony. That's mine too. And I hope it's yours. Thank you for digging into the riches of the Bible with me. Remember to check out my website, robertjmorgan.com, for my books and video courses and other resources we have there. And follow along next week as we continue our study of the book of Philippians. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company Clearly Media. Audio editing is by Jared Brummett. Editorial supervision is by Sherry Anderson. And Luke Tyler takes each of these episodes, condenses them, adds an opening outline, and posts them as blogs on my website at robertjmorgan.com. Music is by Jordan Davis and Elijah Rowe. Thank you for tuning in. May God be with you until we meet again.